When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. Welcome to the Late Lunch Show on LMFM Radio. Snowdrops and taffodils, butterflies and bees. Isn't that just the perfect introduction for my first wonderful guest today? I don't even have to say her name. You know who it is. Dana, you're oh, so welcome you. to Late Lunch. Thank you. Who was that gorgeous little girl speaking? <laughs> That's my granddaughter, Ava. Oh, well, Ava is a great broadcaster. <laughs> How old is she? She's four. Oh, she's absolutely She's four. Beautiful. And just for Christmas week, I said, rather than listen to my old voice every day, I said, let's bring a child to the airwaves this now, Christmas Jerry, time. Now, Jerry, she'll be taking that seat from you very soon. <laughs> you know something? You mightn't be too far wrong. God help us. If she's like she is at four, what will she be like at eight or twelve? Anyway, look, it's so good to have you. And may I say this? I wanted just to play the opening verse of that most famous song because all these years later, I listen to the words of that song and they lift my spirits. Do they really? Oh, they do. They really, really do. And I was saying to you a little earlier, I can still remember the night at home. And you know the Ireland of the late 60s and the 70s. Yes. It, was, it wasn't easy in this no, country at hard all. days. Hard days. And there you were, representing us in Europe, and we win for the first time. Dana, we'd never won anything in the country. <laughs> <laughs> and you did it. And I can still, you know, that feeling we yes, got. Yes, I do. Do you hear that? Do, you, do people say that to people you? People share with me, yes, who they were with, um, especially loved ones, especially parents that they were with. And what was happening in their lives? You know, maybe it was the day they got married or maybe it was a nurse working in England or, you know, maybe it was somebody just listening in on the radio in another, you know, in another country. But I love to hear that, Jerry, because, you know, I've, I've said before, it's not my song anymore. It's our song. It belongs to the people, belongs to the country. Of course, I have my own memories because next year is unbelievably now 
my 50th anniversary of Eurovision. They're doing a documentary on the 50 years and took me back to film in the very theatre where I sang it. And I I was nearly afraid going back. I thought, oh, it'll be all changed. It's like a time capsule in the middle of now a huge complex. So I stood on the same stage. I walked off the same set. They've kept it. You know, it's just untouched. And the memories, Jerry, walking down, you know, searching for my mother's face in the crowd and walking off. And do you ever remember a man called Tom McGrath in RTE? Yes. Well, Tom McGrath, for those who didn't know him, he was the head of Light Entertainment. That's right. And he was a, a droll, laid-back man, he always puffing on a pipe, a very brilliant man. And as I came off the stage, he was leaning up against the wall where they keep all the scenery and everything for the stage and holding the pipe in his mouth. And he looked at me as I was swept by now with a sea of photographers and all the excitement. And he was leaning like he could have been leaning against a wall in Drata, you know, just relaxed. Well, he looked at me and he says, how dare you win? We can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Just typical Tom McGrath, but oh, such vivid, my own memories are vivid, mm. but I love to hear people's memories. Oh my, oh my, and you know, 50 years on, you'll still hear the same mantra, we can't afford it, nothing yes. seems to change. Yeah. But look at it, you were the, the one who won first and we won many times subsequently. I often despair today when I, I... I've lost interest in it, you know. It, from what I saw from the, the voting, the way that happens, the songs that have won. Now, there have been a few good ones here and there, yeah. but it's it's not the same in, in my book. Well, I, I understand how you're feeling. I do watch the final every year. And do you know what restored my faith in Eurovision? Was maybe three years ago, Portugal... After 60 years of never winning, a complete outsider. Yeah. The guy looked a total mess. His suit didn't fit. His hair wasn't combed. It had the longest intro in the history of Eurovision song. They always say, get straight into the song, you know. And was beautiful. And a complete outsider. He won all national and all jury votes. And, you know, that restored my faith. So there's hope for us. I think at the end of the day, of course, it's the song and the singer, but it's, and I always acknowledge the writers, it's the song that has to carry through. That's interesting, really interesting coming for you. And come on, 50 years next year, let's put in an extra special effort to try and repeat that great win. Here's the thing that I never really understood about you. When you won, and you mentioned all those photographers and you were whisked off your feet and the reception when you came home, is it true to say that you thought that life was just going to revert to what it was before? Well, I did, because I was only, at that point, maybe weeks away from my A-level practicals. Yes. I was studying music and piano was my instrument, not the voice. And, you know, you look back at that point, you think, well, you, you've everything settled in your life. You know what you want to do. I want to go to college. I want to be a teacher. I knew where I wanted to go, depending on my points. And suddenly, out of the blue, I win the Eurovision. It wasn't my ambition to be a singer. And I, I think 
I think I was in shock for six months for a start off, but I thought, well, I've got to do my A-levels now. Like seven years I've been in that school. I've <laughs> got to do my A-levels. Um, yeah, I did. But of course, it was totally impossible. Ah, oh, impossible is right. And just before we move on from, from the big win, I, I remind people, you remember Mary Hopkin? I do as well. Yes. Knock Knock was the song that she had. And she was probably the favourite uh, going into that contest. Yeah. And did you know that Julio Iglesias sang Gwendolyn in that contest as well that you took part in? Well, I, of course, he wasn't the no. Julio Iglesias that we no. know now. Yeah, yeah. But it was so funny, the Spanish team. If you stood still for more than a minute, they would put a sticker on you, vote for Spain. They were everywhere, all over the lifts, in the hotel, on the tables, everywhere. Oh, my goodness, he was a huge star in Spain. Very handsome and, you know, a big team around him. But, uh, no, of course, you know, I, I remember watching him walking up and down and limbering up the voice, doing the scales feeling a bit embarrassed because I'd never seen anybody do that in public, you know, doing their scales. But uh, my goodness, what a successful career he's oh had. Oh my, and you won. And that's the great, you know, that is the fantastic thing about it. I remember the time after that, that in, into the mid-70s and that, and your difficulty with your vocal cords. And I there did. really was a fear that there would be no more singing. There was. Now, <clears throat> most people who use their voice, whether they're teachers or whether they're singers, if you're using the voice, you do get what's called a nodule. It's like a corn on your toe and they pare it away. Um, but what happened was I had a growth with a root. So they didn't know if it was a, a cancer or not. So they had to remove it. And thank God it was not cancer. But because they had to cut into the cord and take a piece of the cord away, the root... It was nearly five years before I got back to normal singing. And because I I went back too fast, I didn't know how to protect it properly. And I had to learn to speak again, had to learn to sing again. So it was, um, it was a hard time. But as everybody listening will know, it's the really hard times that you either learn from or you break under. You know, and thank God I got through it. You did, and, and, and what a comeback in a way, because when Pope John Paul came to Ireland in 79, you had that big hit with... Yeah, told us to us. Told us to us. Yeah, and you know, we, I wasn't here when he came. I was in Manchester, I was recording a children's series called Wake Up Sunday. So when I flew back, Damien took me to Phoenix Park, where over a million had been. He still tells me if it's ever shown on television, he can see where he is. But I know he's not telling me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but we went down there and, you know, he was just saying what a beautiful motto he had, totus us, totally yours. And as we drove back, we were living in Newry at the time, as we drove back, the song nearly wrote itself. And we released it and it went to number one in Ireland. I remember those times. They were really, really momentous. Is your faith still as important to you today? Oh, it is. Do you know, I, honest, I don't, I don't know how... People get through life without having faith, you know. I just know there's a God there. And I know for all my faults and warts and all, he loves me. And he has a plan for my life. And it gives me a great um, anchor in my life. 
Dan is with us on late lunch this afternoon. I saw you tasting sprouts on the telly last <laughs> night. I like sprouts. Do you? Yeah. Now, they were sweet, which is normally I wouldn't have a sweet sprout. But they were lovely and the potatoes were to die for now. Now, I'm sure there was loads of calories in it, but sure, you, if you can't have calories at Christmas, when can you have them? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, you enjoyed, obviously you enjoyed and watching it all happen there in front of you. What do you do for Christmas yourself? Is, is your home, uh, do you host the dinner or what happens? Well, for the first time last year, we were hosted by our daughter. Oh, lovely. And uh, our son was with us also and my husband's brother. So normally we'd be the host and, you know, we're a typical Irish family. We have two children living and married in Australia, Ah. on the other side of the world. Mm. And we have two here. So uh, our daughter, uh, she's a beautiful girl. She's two babies. So, of course, it's easier that we go to her. Yeah. And we had a lovely Christmas. They made us so welcome. And this year? Uh, Same again. Same again. Lovely. And obviously you tic-tac with the... Ah, Folks yeah, in we'll, Australia as well. We'll over be talking to them ah, as well. Yeah. But you can't hug a, a screen. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. And, and that is so true. The contact is there, but that thing. But I'm sure you get to hug them and you will get to hug them oh, in we the will. future. Oh, we will. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Now, tell us this. So much water under the bridge in, in the 50 years. Politics. You ran for the presidency twice. You were an MEP. You're back in the studio. Yes. Yes. What? what how long were you away? Well, I hadn't been recording music like this, I would say, in over 30 years. Really? Since I recorded an album like this. And I was afraid doing it. I was afraid going in the studio. My nieces and nephew are in a band called The Rua. They were signed to this label, FOD, which stands for Field of Dreams. And they've had their fifth uh, top 20 hit in America. So the producer asked would I like to record and for a year I said no. I just was afraid of it. And I went in the studio with three songs and the musicians are all from very big bands. Tears for Fears is the drummer. Uh, Blondie was the bass player. Uh, The keyboard player was from High Flying Birds and Oasis. um, Jimi Hendrix Experience, the guitarist, amazing guitarist. I you know, I, I was very intimidated. But once we got in there and we got settled down and working, we were just musicians. There was no egos. I did this or I knew this or I was here or there. We just were focused on the music. They were lovely guys. And the the company liked the three tracks and they asked me would I complete the album. So I did in the summer. And I can hardly believe it. You know, when Damien handed me the, the copy of it, I could hardly believe I had it in my hand because I, I, it was like a full circle. I feel that I've gone back to my roots. Yes. We recorded it in a beautiful studio in Rome called Music Forum where Ennio Marconi did all his epic work. And they don't record digitally as a lot of recording moved to digital. Yeah. They've, they recorded in what they call analogue, which is under the big old two-inch Two yes. half inch tapes. That's how I started. That's how I recorded. So it was like a full circle. And and I have to say, I think it's one of the most important things I've done. 
Isn't that wonderful to be saying that about it? The album, I just want to remind listeners, is called My Time and it's released on FOD Records, as you said, and it's available all over the place. We have it upstairs and we're playing it and we're going to hear a track from it now. I've picked Shining Light, if you don't mind. Oh, very good. I love it. I think it's wonderful. Let me read some of the messages coming in for you today to the show. Um, Jerry, it was great to see Dana. On the television last night, fantastic crack on the six o'clock and loving her with you this afternoon on Late Lunch. Thank you for that, John. Joe McDermott's beyond to say, Jerry, I love Dana singing, something's cooking in the kitchen. (laughs) And I so admire her for her faith and her belief. She's one in a million and I send you my love. That comes from Joel this afternoon. I want to wish Dana a very happy Christmas and best of luck with her new album. Also, very happy Christmas to yourself and all the crew there as well. That comes in from Joan this afternoon. Thanks, Joan. And look, they're coming there. Congratulations from Vera once again. 50 years, the Eurovision, I'll never forget it. And so on and so on they go. Thank you, Vera. So you are loved. Well, do you know what? The people in this country have been, you know, we've been through a rough time. Yep. The, The kindness and support and understanding is is just beautiful. And that shines through, really, doesn't it? And I know we're going to play Shiny Light because you would despair at times because, you know, the banking scandal we had, you know, the charity sector was hit. Look at the football at the minute, what's, you know, emerging there as well. And people are thinking, what kind of a place do we live in here? I know, I know. And, And, you know, it's we need to be reminded constantly that there are just good, decent genuine people there as hurt by this as we feel ourselves and it knocks your trust in people your trust in establishments but there's such beautiful people in this country and we have to hold on to that mm, i think you're right and I'll, I'll, I'll echo those words which is to say that the good far outweighs it, it really does, it does. If, if you look across look where you look where you work today look at your home look at your community as well and think of all the positives that are they're far greater, yes. way, way greater than than this, you know. Um, the dabble at the politics, you ran twice, as I said, for the presidency and you served in Europe as well. That, that, that all stays with you. You take that with you. Fantastic experiences, I take it. It's a tremendous honour, you mm. know, that people trust you. Politics is a hard mm. and often dirty business. And... I have to say, we need good politicians. You know, you've anarchy without it. So we need good politicians. Support the good ones. But, um, you know, it's it's a terribly hard life on family. And the five years I was in Europe, our youngest boy was 10 when I went there, 15 when I left. You never get those years back. So it's very hard on family life. And I, you know, I have a great goal for councillors. Because they're at the cold face, they take the flack of decisions made above them, and God love them, they just keep going. So I have a big grab for councillors. <laughs> there you are, support for the councillors from Dan on late lunch this afternoon. Look, I'd have to, le- I have to leave it there for today. I'd love to talk to you forever, to be honest. Again, I say all kinds of everything. When I put it on, it lifts my spirits and so many more besides. The new album is called My Time. It's out now. And we're going to hear this song, Shining Light, because, Dana, may I say, that's what you've been for so many people as we hear from the messages for so long. It's been such a pleasure. And it has really helped me being with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy Christmas. Many happy returns. 
Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Pre-book your new car for the new year and we'll hold all prices. East Coast Cookery School, our final visit for 2019. And as you know, Tara Walker has been cooking flavours of the Boyne Valley. And we end with a cracker today because it's the traditional Irish... Christmas dinner. Yes, absolutely. So we have a beautiful maple rath turkey. It's a free range hen turkey and we have it here resting. It was cooked earlier over in Kells and uh, Owen brought it with him today and I'm going to serve up all the trimmings with it here. We're going to go through it and we'll go through how to prepare a turkey as well just for your listeners to go through step by step. And I have a gravy here. That's one of my little tricks I always tell people about. Make your base gravy in advance. You can even pop it in the freezer. Have it simmering for ages and ages and then use the juices from your turkey or whatever joint meat you're using to really bring on the flavour of it. Very traditional turkey dinner. And it is another wonderful flavour of the Boyne Valley. A bronze free range maple turkey and we're going to talk to Owen about it in a few moments time. I love the heat on me backside here standing beside your oven. (laughs) Yeah we've got our roasties in there essential roasties. I think we've talked about them before on the show but I've cooked them the way I always tell everyone to cook them to get them nice and crisp on the outside. So will you talk first to us about the turkey and the way you would do a turkey and the way Owen has done it today uh, under your guidance. What's the drill for cooking a turkey? 
So for me, what I like to do is go in here where the cavity is under the skin very, very gently and a herby butter in there, okay? That'll keep that nice and moist, okay? So you lift the skin off the breast. Yeah, and you need to do it very carefully. I'd nearly recommend using some kind of disposable gloves. You see like these kind of latex gloves because it just means your nail won't catch on the skin. It kind of makes you more blunt, if you know what I mean. Um, So rub that all around. Then I usually just season it really well all around. Then I often put some slices of streaky bacon across the top again just to keep it protected in the oven. I normally like to start it in a pretty hot oven about 220 for the first kind of half hour and then reduce the heat down. Some people say about putting tinfoil on the legs just to protect those as well. You can do that. It's your typical kind of it can dry out problem so you need to just try and keep it as moist as possible so by putting the butter under the skin and the bacon over it you're kind of protecting it as much as possible and then obviously baste during the cooking time as well and really importantly that's what's great about this having been cooked earlier it's really well rested yeah now where do you stand on the stuffing debate because you know stuff the cavity don't stuff the cavity personally i don't You know, I know why people do it to get the juices of the turkey into the stuffing. But for me, I prefer to do it on the pan separately and keep all those lovely juices in my gravy because it's all going to be, you know, your gravy is going to be fantastic. And then you can put your stuffing with your gravy kind of thing. I know there's always a bit of fear about sort of food safety and that kind of thing with stuffing. I'm not bothered about that personally. It's more just a a sort of an issue around carving and tidiness and stuff like that. What you could do as well is you can line your turkey with a little bit of greaseproof paper. If you really want to stuff the turkey, line the turkey with greaseproof paper and it means you can then just take the stuffing out all in one go a bit more tidily later on. The cooking times, what's your take on it? Yeah, so 15 minutes a pound or... 30 minutes a kilo, depending on whether you're working with metric or imperial, basically. So that's a real good rule of thumb. Does that include the blast of heat at the start and at the finish? No, no. So give it a good blast of heat at the beginning for about 20 minutes. And that'll kind of give you extra time then as well as the 15 minutes per pound. And letting it rest, giving it as much rest at the end as possible. Yeah, exactly. Wrap it up in foil and towels or whatever you like. Exactly. Well, I prefer not to have it because you want the skin nice and crispy. So I prefer to keep it quite loosely um, wrapped I nearly prefer, like, you know, on Christmas Day, this kitchen is roasting because there's so much stuff going on. But sitting here on my hob with the ovens on and everything, like, yeah. it keeps it hot enough, yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, that's the turkey. And our turkey, a beautiful turkey, is ready, cooked and all here and ready to go. So what do you want to start with, with all the uh, traditional stuff that surrounds a turkey at Christmas? Yeah, so I'm just going to talk you through what I've done with the gravy here, which can be done in advance. So we've talked about it before on the show, sweating off your onions really slowly. So a little bit of butter, a little bit of rapeseed oil, some fine chopped onion little pinch of salt as always let that sweat down for a good kind of 20 minutes till it goes really golden brown in color then pop, pop a little bit of tomato puree in cook that out uh, a teaspoon of flour or a tablespoon of flour just depending on the quantity you're making maybe another little bit of butter if you need it cook that out for another five minutes or 10 minutes add some stock in and then simmer and simmer and simmer you can add some herbs in if you want i actually did put some thyme and rosemary in there but i've taken them out now simmer for ages like try and give it a good two hours if you can like i know a lot of people make their gravy from the tray juices or whatever but i prefer to do this way and i often just have it simmering way out of the way nearly all day kind of and then you can have it in your freezer or in your fridge and then just pop it into a pot warm it gently and add your juices in so this is the lovely juice from the turkey going in we're just going to warm that very gently and that should be the job and that stock there you're talking about you can make that from the gizzard and the the wingtips of the turkey if you wish yeah you could I like to roast them actually if I'm doing Mm. it that way um, because I think you get better flavour I know a lot of people boil them up but I like to roast them first and then boil them up because I just you get that little bit of caramelisation which is always that lovely depth of flavour 
Okay, gravy. Just come back to the stuffing for the moment. What do you make your stuffing with? Right, well, look, I have stuffing here to make, so let's get it started. I'm doing a little cranberry and apricot stuffing, which we do on one of our classes. So I'm going to start by melting my butter on my pan, and I'm going to add in, as we talked about already, some finely chopped onion with a little pinch of oriel sea salt and let that caramelise a little bit and soften down a little bit. So you're going to give that obviously a little bit of time in the pan there. What will you add to it then? Yeah, exactly. So then I just have my sage, my breadcrumbs and my cranberries and apricot. Look at those onions. Lovely. They've been sweated down there in the pan. Yeah, nicely caramelising there, but not too much. And here I have my sage and my breadcrumbs going in. So just coat those in that nice kind of caramelisation that we have going on. And then separately, I'm going to add in my apricots and my cranberries. I love the cranberries in here because they just give a nice little kind of fresh perk up, you know. So in they go. And my cranberries. And then I have white pepper here. I know I use black pepper for most things, but I love a bit of white pepper in the stuffing. I just think it's a more kind of fragrant kind of um, flavor. And also it doesn't put your little black flecks in as well. So some white pepper and a little bit of oriel sea salt. And we just let that sit. Over here, Jerry, I'm working on my Brussels sprouts. So I have some smoked streaky bacon. I just put it into a dried pan. They're just sliced into little lard on the worst of the kind of heavy fat taken off from the top. And then I'm going to just toss my Brussels sprouts, which have been blanched in. And next up, then I have some chestnuts, which have just been chopped quite finely. And lastly, a little bit of lemon juice. And a little bit of butter as well. Optional, really. It depends on how much fat renders out of your bacon. That's why I put them on a dry pan. So I really only put the butter on if I feel I want it. Give those a little toss around. And that's the way I like to do the Brussels sprouts. Now, you have carrots prepared. What will you do your carrots? Yes, so these, I love these carrots. I do think these are lovely to have on Christmas Day because they're very, very fresh. So I've just cut little kind of chunks of carrot and I've blanched them as well. And I have a little knob of butter going in and I have some freshly squeezed oranges. So I'm just squeezing my orange in. And then I have a little bit of brown sugar going in as well. And I'm going to pop those in the oven and then I'm going to finish them off with a bit of tarragon. So they give a lovely freshness to proceedings. Because you know the way everything's quite meaty and gravy-ish and kind of rich and sort of fatty. And these just add a nice kind of, they kind of cut through that a little bit, especially with the tarragon at the end. Fantastic. Now you've just taken your potatoes from the oven and may I say... Aren't they just a sight to behold? Yeah, so for the potatoes, I know we've talked through this before in the show, but what I did was parboil them a little bit more than parboil and then rough them up in your sieve or your colander or whatever so that you get rough rough edges are really important. If you don't have rough edges, you don't get that crisp. And then in the meantime, in a really hot oven, I heated some rapeseed oil. Now, if I had goose fat or duck fat, obviously that would be lovely. But I use some uh, rapeseed oil instead today, which has a really good high burning point and it crisps them up really, really nicely. And just a really good hot oven is important for that job as well. And you can see then the little bits that were the bits that I kind of roughed up in the sieve. They're the bits that go crispy. Lovely. Own Sharky is with us in East Coast Cookery School and Maybrath Farm. How many bronze turkeys have you reared this year? Oh, Jerry, the tax man wouldn't even ask me that. <laughs> we have plenty. We have plenty yeah. here and we still have a few left now. So don't be shy now. We'll... Yeah, your, right name on right up to the weekend ahead, which is the the eve of Christmas. Will there be turkeys available uh, in Kells? Well, it, it's hard to know. I have a limited number, but when you sell out, you sell out. And um, we'll always have a, a few phone calls on Christmas Day. There's always people panicking. But there's always a phone call. There's always somebody has overcooked the turkey or somebody's the neighbour's cat got into the garage and ate the turkey, that sort of stuff. 
take us back. You got these wee uh, day-olds, was it, in the summertime? Yes, yes, they arrived this year on the 3rd of July. So they would have been hatched in England the day before. They'd be sexed. Um, and then shipped to us overnight. So we have them in our floor within 24 hours of them being hatched. So again, they're free-range certified bronze turkeys. Yes, that's right. And hen, hens as well. And the hen is the female turkey. And the female turkey is... It's funny how the older generation, they're very adamant to want out the female turkey because they know about their food. And I think that's lost a bit with the, with the newer generations. The hen turkey has far more breast meat on it than the male turkey. And there's a very simple reason for that is because the female um, of the turkeys has to sit on eggs for 20 days so those 28 days are basically 28 days of a fast they'll only leave the eggs for like five minutes every second day to get enough food to sustain themselves and they will go on to the eggs good and heavy and lots of condition on them and when they come off after 28 days they're skinny and they're a wreck but they have to be able to build up enough body reserves to last that while the males they'll never have to do a fast like that They'll grow big long legs on them, big shoulders on them, and all that, but they won't have the nice breast meat that the female turkeys have. So that's why we buy ours in sexed as hens. Um, so people are basically they're guaranteed they're going to get a good hen turkey. What range of weights do you have at the lower level and up to the highest? So, yeah, again, we buy them in in four different breeds. And those different breeds finish at different weights. Because, again, people wouldn't realise this because to them a turkey's a turkey. To a turkey farmer, does such a variety of breeds and everything. So we buy them in four different breeds that finish at different weights. So we'd have them from the smallest being like 10 to 12 pounds up to like 18, 20 pounds. So we have a good variety of weights. And it's very hard to know every year what's going to be your prime weight from one year to the next, you know, because family sizes differ. And then if the weather was to be bad, Jerry. Everybody wants to have a smaller turkey because they're going to be going, well, I'm not going to travel to my auntie's over in, in Wexford or wherever on the day. We're going to stay at home. So they want to have more turkeys, smaller turkeys, bigger turkeys. So it's hard to know. It's a juggling game, Jerry. Mm. It's like... Every if, year differs. Every year different. Sure, if it was easy, we'd all be at it. Mm. What about the year uh, for rearing turkeys? My God, Owen, oh, the last six weeks or so, or, or so the wet... Yeah, the wet has been a bit of a problem um, and the, for a turkey farm which I need to watch there is keeping them dry. Um, turkeys are like I always say, they're like children. Um, if they get wet, they get cold and if they get cold, they get miserable and they're not putting on weight and all of a sudden then your weight changes. The temperature has a big influence on what weight the birds are going to be. When I started this first, I used to be like going out weighing the birds and I'd put a ring on certain coloured rings on some of them and I'd be weighing them every week to see how much weight they gained or putting on. So from one week to the next, they might put on great weight and then the next week, they wouldn't put on any weight at all. And I was trying to figure out what weight they're going to be at Christmas time and I realised it actually has got nothing to do with the feed. It's not the amount of food they're eating, it's the temperature outside. Because they're free range, because they're outside running around all day, they're burning up calories. And if it's cold, they're just, calories are flying off them. So if it's warm, they're still as active, but they're putting on weight. So it's like, it's like everything, it's like, it's nature, and you have to work with nature the whole time. And nature, as you say, it's very wet and a whole lot. It's very, has, it has its difficulties. But, you know, you just have to work with it. Work with what you have. You had the mildness of the weather as well. Interesting, you see, it's a whole science, this rearing of turkeys. Here we are, everything done at this stage. Look at this for a spread. It's not even Christmas. I can't believe we're getting a a Christmas dinner ahead of the real Christmas dinner. I'm so happy. I know. What a bonus for you, Jerry. Oh, it's a Brucey bonus. (laughs) It really is a Brucey bonus. Anyway, you're serving everything up onto the plate here. So let's recap. 
the turkey is going on, we have our roast potatoes, and we have the beautiful carrots that have just emerged from the oven, the sprouts uh, on the pan there with the bacon and the chestnuts as well, homemade gravy and the stuffing. Stuffing is cranberry and uh, apricot stuffing with a little bit of sage in it. And the carrots are um, braised in orange with a little bit of tarragon with them as well. I'm dying to taste these carrots with the little... And you put a little touch of sugar onto them as well with the orange juice and the tarragon. Exactly. What a combination. Just to kind of caramelise them yeah. a little bit, yeah. yeah. And then we have the sprouts. Lovely. And that is my version of the Christmas dinner. Well, let's get tucked in here. Patricia Byrne is with us, always here, helping us out in East Coast Cookery School with Tara. Would would this be your, you know, your Christmas as well? Turkey ham, the traditional. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with a few more veg, maybe mm. sticklers for veg. <laughs> now you're a woman who's worked in many's a kitchen and run run places for yourself and worked here as well under pressure in the cookery school with classes. You know, on Christmas Day, it's a can be a fractious place, the kitchen. What's your nugget of wisdom? You're asking the wrong person. I get shocked and stressed. <laughs> Do you? Is it just part and parcel of it then, Patricia? Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah, it is. I, mm. I, I think you enjoy it more. Mm. Yeah, the build-up and then... <laughs> the pressure comes on. And listen, this is very important to say as well, there's one boss in the kitchen. Absolutely, yeah. You know when I, people are thrown in their comether, as my father used yeah. to say. I have a lot of helpers, though, as well. Do you? Yeah, yeah. But you're the boss. I'm the boss, yeah. I think it's very important. Would you agree with that? One person calls the shots. I think so. Well, no. I, as I said to you, our family are each taking a course yeah. now at the moment, which is working out. This is only our second Christmas to do, but it's worked out really well. But Patricia and I were having a laugh because I had to write an article for a newspaper recently about, you know, taking the stress out of the kitchen at Christmas time. And I was going through my tips and I said, Patricia, have you any tips I can add to this? No. No, I'm the worst person to ask. I get really stressed. But Patricia is a total perfectionist when it comes to food, and that's probably why. Yeah. So all of her... Which sister? There's one sister is allowed to, what, mash potatoes, and that's about oh, it, no, isn't no, it? No, no. Mary's fantastic at the potatoes, and Mary can pull a dinner together. But uh, if it's not Mary's mashed potatoes, then the kids don't want to know about it. Yeah, so that's it, yeah. Tradition, tradition, isn't that lovely? Come on, let's get tucking in here, everybody. Owen, Owen Shark is here, well, let's just remind you again, who provided the beautiful turkey. Let's get a little piece of everything here and taste it. The carrot and turkey there. Let me get a bit of your roast here. Do you know what the roast is? They're lovely and fluffy and crispy on the outside. Yeah. And what do you think of the gravy? It's beautiful. Good. It's absolutely beautiful. Good. Mmm. Have a sprout here. The stuffing. What about the stuffing? Because I have to admit, I'm a traditional stuffing in the cavity. Butter, breadcrumbs, loads of parsley, thyme. Uh, you know, the traditional stuffing is mine. But that stuffing... I shouldn't be talking with me mouth full. Don't be taking that picture there, you. Oh, Tara. That's a gorgeous stuffing. Do you like that? Mm. I think, do you know, it's funny, but the white pepper. I love the white pepper mm. in it, yeah. Mm. It does. You can really get the touch of it. Own. You're eating your own turkey there with all the uh, the trimmings and sides. What do you make of it? Oh, it's absolutely delicious. So if I do get kicked out on Christmas Day, Jerry, I know where I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. You have a man inviting himself if there's a problem in Kells. He'll be over here to Termin Fekin. The only problem is I'll be my mother's and you don't know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find out. I'll tell you one thing. They'll find out, that's for sure. Patricia, what about yourself? You've been tasting away there. What do you make delicious. of it? Delicious. Delicious. You can't beat a free-range turkey. Ah, There's my. just no comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that bronze turkey, the flavour. Mm. It's marvellous. It's yeah. just marvellous. It really is. Absolutely. Anyway, there you have it. Turkey, a traditional turkey dinner produced in East Coast Cookery School to round off a marvellous year where Tara has worked 
with the brilliant producers in the Boyne Valley. And today it's appropriate that Maybrat Farm and Owen Sharkey brings us a beautiful bronze hen turkey here uh, to uh, present to us. And look, Tara, you've worked your magic again. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Jerry. Great to see you as always. Thank you so much uh, to yourself and Patricia and everybody at East Coast Cookery School. Thank you, Owen Sharkey, for bringing the turkey to us. We really do appreciate it. And thanks again, Tara, for a wonderful year highlighting. I know you're a champion of the Boyne Valley. Well, I'm just really proud to be from the, the area and see all of the the food scene that's really developed over the last few years. Like, we always had lots of great food producers, but now we get to shout out about them, which is fantastic. It really is. We'll see you in 2020. See you then, Jerry. Thanks a million, everybody. Thank you. Enjoy. <laughs> yes, and we will be back to East Coast Cookery School in 2020 with a brand new series, quite different to anything we've done with Tara so far. Thank you to all the pudding makers. They're all in. The runners and riders are with us. And the uh, pudding of the year will be chosen on late lunch tomorrow by our women with opinions. Christmas cuties, we are waiting for them. They're coming up after three on the show this afternoon. But just to mention our new online Christmas station, LMFM Christmas. You can go to it now. Just go to lmfm.ie. Click on LMFM Christmas and there you are. Or download the app. Do download our app to your smartphone and you can access it there. LMFM Christmas playing non-stop Christmas hits right now at this very minute. Tickets for Christmas, they're a great gift, aren't they? Remind you of a couple of uh, big shows coming up. The 23rd of December, the Station House Hotel, Gilmesin. Brian Kennedy is appearing there in concert. And then into January, Foster and Allen, they were with me yesterday. The 4th, the New Grange Hotel. The 11th, the TLT in Drogheda. And the Three Amigos, they're in the TLT on Thursday, January the 9th. More information on great gigs to come uh, right across the shows here on LMFM over the coming days. Up next on the show, yes, we love him, and he's back with his fizz and wines for Christmas. It's Rick Cronjay. We look after you on late lunch. We always do. Tara and Owen have sorted the turkey and everything that goes along with it for the Christmas dinner. And, of course, it wouldn't be Christmas without a little drop of you-know-what. And our man is back with us. He's terrific. Rick Cronjay, great to see you this Christmas time. You too, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks for joining us again. Now, you had a three-pronged approach in making yes. your selections this year. What, what was on your mind? Yeah. Well, the first thing was, uh, Jerry, accessibility. I wanted it to be part of the Christmas shop instead of sending listeners, you know, online or around the block or somewhere where the shop might not be in the area. And then, of course, food pairing, match the food as best as we can, but not to overpower the food. I think that's a mistake we often make, you know. And then, of course, price. You know, it has to be within reason. But at the same time, I didn't want to come in with a, a three ninety nine bottle that I saw there. You know, that is Botox. That is not wine, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so that's sort of, you I love know, your yeah. approach. I, yeah. think, I think it's very sensible. So, look, we begin the sparkling and yes. the aperitif is always lovely and special at Christmas time. Yes. What have you picked? Yes, well, this is from... Um, Aldi that I got it from and this is now part of the exquisite collection uh, range and it's the Veldop uh, Biadeni is the name on it and it's a Prosecco Superior Okay. now very important because there is three or four other Proseccos, I know they've got a promotion on tomorrow but uh, this is the one that I thought is top and it's top because it's a DOCG, that means it's guaranteed where it's come from the area 
and you don't get that label without that. So it's quality. It's a beautiful Italian, and yeah. Val Dobia Bedene is the name of yeah. it, Prosecco. And we'll post the details of this up after the show, I promise you as well. It's in yeah. Aldi. How much will it cost you? Twelve ninety nine. Well, there you are. You have the value already you do, in Jerry. your mind. And, and, you know, the other Proseccos are around €9, Euro, you know. So, you know, for that extra €3... Euro, it's, it's worth it's, it for this. I, oh, definitely, Jerry. Will you do the trick? Oh, I will. Please, <laughs> without firing that cock into my head and knocking me out completely. Yeah. Louise no, was slagging me about being stuffed with the turkey a little earlier on. This had just been the crowning glory to be hit with the cork in the middle of the forehead and be knocked out, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, again, <laughs> Jerry, just okay, to so remind. You, tell, them, tell them what you've done there. Yeah, you've taken yeah, the cage obviously, off. Obviously, you take the foil off and then you take the cage, as we call it. Um, and then, uh, first things first, always make sure that you're in a safe area and there's not people, in case there is a bit of an accident there. And the big thing to do, once the cage is off the, uh, now, is to get a good grip on the on the cork and the trick is twist the bottle not the cork and when you do that and just hold it and the moment it releases you'll feel it the pressure itself will do the work don't pull don't tug and off she goes that's the sound of christmas and the breath of the angel (laughs) the breath of the angel it's just come from the top of the (laughs) bottle let me have a little bit of a little drop of that on my breath here if you don't mind for a second and um, i'll have a a little taste and there I'll tell you what, what it's like lovely on the nose I have to say oh lovely beautiful, uh, beautiful. really really nice that's a cracker that it's is a lovely, cracker Jerry. it really is that's a my table for Christmas yeah I promise you that is just beautiful yeah and lovely bubbles mm. on it strong and very fruity without being and it's not very sweet either it, it has that balance yes. uh, on it, uh, Jerry. Let me mention the name again. Val Dene. Val Dene Prosecco yep. Superiore Aldi 12.99. And it is a beautiful, beautiful start to the Christmas table. Let's move on. What yes. have you for us next? We'll go yeah. to Spain from Italy, is it? Yeah, yeah, we we go, we're going around the world here, Jerry. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, the Faustino Rivero, and uh, the grape is the Albarino. Now this is uh, from Tesco. It's a 2018. Again, very important. Um, Rius Baiji is how you pronounce the name, the area that it comes from. Of course, Faustino will be more known for the. Rioja wines, yes. you know. So, so this um, is a, another aperitif here yes. from Spain. And Faustino, when you mentioned Faustino, a very familiar <clears throat> label and wine to people in Ireland. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. we're talking Tesco here, is it? It is Tesco, <laughs> yeah. And it comes in a 12-year, a beautiful bottle, beautiful in colour, blue uh, uh, bottle. And you can't mistake, it's got a, a, a fish on the front oh, there, Jerry. Oh, <laughs> Rick, you had <laughs> me a, in mind when I, you were of course, of buying course, this yeah. wine. Yeah. Even for the fish on the label alone, I think you yeah. have me. I'm hooked. I'm hooked <laughs> like the trout I'm often pursuing. Okay, so oh, here we go. I love that bottle. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful colour. It's oh. a blue bottle, folks. You yeah. can't mistake this. Yeah. Tesco, 12 euro. Yeah. Now, here we go. Lovely yellowy colour to it. Yeah, it is. Citrus, the citrus in yeah, there, isn't it? It's a, but, but it's not a, a bitter citrus not by any means. Not it's at all. It's just, 
it's got really it's lovely on the palate, isn't it? It is. It is, and it's not too filling. It's not. Mm. It's it's sort of medium, but it's not too too much in it because it's an aperitif. You want people to enjoy it, but I think as we go through the wines as well, Jerry. If at some stage you get a little bit mixed up, don't worry about it. As long as you get through all five, we will, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there won't be a bother on you. No. That is gorgeous. So what do you say about that? Would you pair that with anything or just nice no, to I sip think, it by I think itself? Just, it's 12.5%, Jerry, which is mm. in today's wine terms is, is very acceptable, believe yeah. it or not. So, no, for me, it, it, I, I think that will just be nice as an aperitif. Okay, just serve but, it by itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if you've got a little bit of snacks there, you know, a something canopy to, with it or something, something like, like that. Exactly, something just light. Okay. Yeah. And just to remind you again, we're in Spain for this one. Tesco yes. is the store, 12 euro. Alberino is the grape, 2018. Faustino Rivero Alicia. Yeah. And it's a blue bottle. You can't miss it. It's absolutely beautiful. You're moving from Spain back home with your next pick. Yes, uh, Jerry, I. I I thought that the selection of wines on offer was a little bit limited for Christmas, to be honest with you. You know, we flooded with the usual Sauvignons and Pinot Grigio, so no challenge in that, you know. Yes, we have a Chenin Blanc, which is one of our most widely um, planted uh, species back home, you know, yeah. I think 21% or something off total. Uh, very nice, uh, again, very nice and fruity, and I think this will be a little bit, uh, it's got a little bit higher acidity, which I think will go better with the turkey than the Faustino. Okay. But as I say, if you are going to buy these wines, if you get a little bit mixed there, they, it'll still do. It'll still I, do. I can't believe the price of this. Because they're not going to challenge. Yeah, nine euro. You know, I, I thank goodness for podcasts because I was listening to our podcast a year ago and we were saying that, you know, with – with such a good vintage and and the uh, production that wines are going to come onto the market a lot of it and i think it has looking at it now you know mm. and at good prices uh, might not be the grapes we're looking for to be yes. honest with you yeah, yeah. So but this, it is this again is tesco <laughs> nine euro it's a chenin yeah. blanc grape it's 2017 it's under the tesco Finest label. Finest, yeah. I often find with Tesco when they put Brilliant. their imprimatur like that, then they're generally good. So this is the one to uh, raise the turkey a little. This is the one, Jerry, that'll just lift the turkey, give it a little lift there. Fresh. Let's um, see if it lifts this turkey talking to you yeah. this afternoon. Here we go. And it's certified. <laughs> That's me. That's me. If you see the W-O on a label, that means it's wine of origin. And that means, again, it's certified where it comes from. First yeah. of all, it's a deeper colour yes. than the previous one. Exactly. There's no doubt about that. You can see yes. that different to the Spanish one. Completely yes. different. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. And on the nose, it's different too, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's fairly with, with shy. A- apple, a- no, apple, apple, yeah. apple. Yeah, that's it, Jerry. Like very a little, shy. Little, yeah. yeah, you really got to get a good whiff. Okay, so it. this we need we need a, a slice of turkey or whatever with this. But let's see yes. how it goes. No turkey here today, but let's give it a give it a taste. Not yet. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, there is. I I said apple on the nose, apple on the palate as well. That's for sure. It follows it through, Jerry. Beautiful, beautiful. That is really, really. And at nine euro. Nine euro. Exactly. Shannon Blanc. Rick is in his element. He's back home in South Africa with this one. 
Oh, yeah. that's lovely. It is, Jerry. It was marked down, I think it was 13 or 14, so it's down to 9 at the moment, you know. Mm. And um, actually, between that and the Faustino, I don't know which one. Uh, if you got them the other way around, you wouldn't be too far wrong. No, you no. wouldn't. But you wouldn't. but I do think you've pitched it brilliantly. Yes, I think the previous think. one is just lovely mm. by itself. Sorry. Exactly. And you can see how yeah. that would enhance and be enhanced by yes. the white meat of the turkey as well. Be, Jerry. And, yeah. and everything else besides. Yeah. The one thing yeah. to say about this, and I, you, I know you wanted to mention this, it, it, it's a vegan-friendly wine as well. It's a vegan-friendly. And what that means, the yeast that was used in order to get the fermentation going uh, is vegan-friendly. Very okay. important. Okay, so Very that important. is important. So yes. there you are, South Africa for the Turkey, Tesco Finest, Chenin Blanc, 2017, €9. Euro. It's an absolute steal. Rick Cronje is with us on Late Lunch. We have more recommendations for the Christmas table. Coming up your way in a couple of minutes. Italy, Spain, South Africa. Oh, we're on some journey round the world this afternoon with Mr. Rick Cronje as he picks for your Christmas table. Rick, we're heading to France next, I believe. We are, Jerry, and um, thanks to Ryanair at nine ninety nine a seat, we can afford to fly. <laughs> Bring your own wine, of course. You know. Anyway, you're red. You're red. For red. This is, yes, um, this is from Laurent Miguel. We'll know that name very well, but it's made under the Laguafin Gua, La um, label, and it's a Syrah Grenache combination. Okay. Lovely, lovely. 2018, very important, and from O'Brien's. And um, we tasted this about two weeks ago. Lovely, lovely, Jerry. It's on special at a tenner. So get into O'Brien's because Snap it's a Snap it up. Snap it up, Jerry. A lovely, fruity, light red. One of the lightest reds I've come across, and I think it'll be perfect for both the turkey and the ham. I really believe it. Let's have a little taste while you're here with me of uh, this lovely wine. O'Brien's 10 Euro 2018 Syrah Grenache combination. They're a blend, Lagofine, and it's from France. France. And yours truly is going to have a little tip on the uh, lips. Well, that's obviously a blend made in heaven, is it? It is, Jerry. Lovely and fruit, a mm. little bit shy on the nose, but light enough um, to go with the turkey. Because um, people I've spoken to, um, for me, turkey is a light meat. It's not a heavy meat, yeah. you know. Um, so you don't want these powerful uh, reds, you yes. know. I think it, it just it, it, it fights it. If you, if you don't happen to like the turkey and you're a ham fan, as some people are, they, some yes. people just like the ham by itself and yeah. the combination of the two I like. That'd be beautiful with your it is, with Jerry. your cut yeah. of ham this Christmas. Yes, it? I, I I've had it with the Serrano ham that you can buy in yeah. um, uh, Little. Yes, you know, and it went down beautifully. <laughs> and you no. know, you can see it. You know, you can see it's red, but <laughs> when you hold it up to the light, there you see the light. You can it, see it, it is a light yeah. white. No, no, it? you know, mm. you just even the color will 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 guide you. It's going to be light. Yeah. So yeah. O'Brien's for a tenner, France Lagofine Syrah Grenache 2018 is the beautiful red. Rick recommends this Christmas time. Now, yeah. dessert wines. Tell us first about dessert wines. Um, do you just drink them? Is it to cleanse the palate or do you have them with something at the end of the meal? What? I love to have it. You know, people have desserts. It'll yeah. go well with a dessert. It'll go with the dessert. This one will definitely go yeah. with dessert. I love a cheese board. Jerry. Yes. And a dessert wine, you want to go with the softer 
cheeses, you know. Okay. Like camembert or your goat's cheese. I love goat's what cheese. What about a blue cheese with, with this? A blue cheese? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A mild blue cheese, not too strong. Okay. The blue, some of the blue Stilton's lovely, but it might be a little bit. I got uh, a wheel of cashel oh, from yes. the Little Milk yes. Company down Dungarvan Way delivered yeah. to me the other day. And I'll tell you, folks, if you want to taste a blue cheese. Lovely. This is a magnificent yeah. blue cheese. It really is an organic blue. This would be the job for that, would it, that, Rick? It would be. Go well? It would be. It'd go very well. And, you know, you just remind me, sure, I haven't me mind a minute. When I was in um, Italy this year, uh, I had each evening, actually, I matched a dessert wine with a dessert. And the Beautiful. restaurants recommended what went with what. Yes. And they were lovely. Yes. Lovely, Jerry. And now it's not something you're going to drink yeah. like wine, you know. Yes, and, yes. and that's why what we're going to taste now is a small bottle, you know, because, um, you know, you, you only have a thimble yes. of it because that's the whole idea, you know. So uh, a it's wee no dram. Point. A wee dram. That's all, yeah. you, all, yeah. all you want. <laughs> that's right, Jerry. No <laughs> point buying a whole bottle because next year you'll still have the bottle, you know. Now, while you're on that, there's a question uh, yes. for you. How long does a dessert wine keep? If if I had a dessert wine last year and I only used half and I still have yeah. half in a bottle, is it good? I think it'll be good enough, Jerry, because it's a thick wine, it's a heavy wine, it's high in sugar. Have to tell people if you have a medical condition, please be, be aware. careful with this. Yeah, it'll last. It won't go off. I I would doubt. Uh, you know, after a year, I I I think. Uh, well, you'd be lucky if you get the screw cap off. I think it's welded to it by that <laughs> it stage. probably yeah. is. So, yeah. again, just to tell them, this is Australia, the Marlborough region, very famous wine region, yeah. uh, the Burton Vineyards, and yes. it's the grape? It's a Simeon, Botryde. Okay. It's, uh, it's got a lovely, it's called the metal label. You'll see it straight away. Um, it's from uh, Aldi as, as well, Eight ninety nine. It's a small bottle. Uh, 2018. 2018, very important, 2018. And it's called Botrytis Semion. Semion is the grape. Okay. And Botrytis is when they allow the grape to get almost raisin stage that now. that sweetness comes and that from, sweetness, from that concentration process. of the fruit and everything um, on it, uh, Jerry. So, okay, yeah. that's a very distinct bottle. It's a lovely thin little bottle with a grey label on the front of it. You can't yes. miss it. Eight ninety nine from 8.99. Aldi. Yep. My God, um, Rick Cronje is uh, helping everybody's bank account <laughs> across the region right, and, and, and beyond this year for sure. Now, look mm. at the depth of that when you pour that oh, drop yeah, in there. No, it's, it's so it's, deep, isn't it? You, you know, and, and listen, you just get the honey. Oh, straight away. You just get the away, sweetness Jerry. off it straight Absolutely, away, don't you, Jerry? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. It. It's yeah. lovely. It is lovely. It but, is, but, but not not a huge amount, as you say. No, no, no. That's not the idea. Nice little it's glass. Nice little glass. You know. Um, and uh, it's it's just for afters. That's With me really sherry trifle, Rick. Oh, Jerry. I'm the biggest sherry Jerry. trifle fan of the world. Yeah. People <laughs> laugh at me. No, not sherry I trifle. I love it. I don't make trifles anymore, Jerry. <laughs> Do you not? No, because I drank the sherry the last time and got into trouble because there was no sherry in the trifle when the when the guest got to it. So I'm not allowed to make it anymore. <laughs> don't be like Rick. Make the trifle with the sherry. Lash yeah. it in there and then enjoy it uh, with the with the wee swag wine. That yeah. is gorgeous. Port. Yeah. Now, people port, love yes. a, a glass of port at Christmas time as well. Again, I want to come back to that with you. Yeah. How long? Because, you know, people don't use the whole bottle. No, How long don't. will port keep? Yeah. A port, I tend to keep less, uh, Jerry, because it's made in a different style as well. And there is, 40, uh, you know, the, the process of making it is slightly different. 
The thing is, I wouldn't go more than six months with port. I'll be a little bit reluctant uh, with it. It loses its color. Um, it just loses that um, solidity okay. in it, you know. Whereas if you've got botrytis, it's a thick, heavy yeah. liquid. It's different for it's the different. For, it's different. For the it's made wife. different. Yeah. Here's the thing: if you have a bottle of port that you haven't opened that you were given four or five years ago and it dates way back, fine. Yeah. Oh, Once fine. Once you haven't opened yeah. it, yeah, fine, no problem. Again, port and wine. Uh, Oxygen, air is the biggest. Whereas with your dessert wine, as I say, it's it's different yeah. because it's so thick, so heavy. Okay. So that'll last a year, you know. What a wonderful um, selection you've brought us this year. Honestly, like there's a fantastic mix there. Your table is sorted by Mr. Cronje. While I'm on the point, I met a lovely lady from South Africa at the weekend in Malahide. She is right. the chairperson of Malahide Cricket Club oh. and she's a fellow country She's a country woman of yours. She's from oh, South Africa. Yes. And I was telling her about you, and she was fascinated in the wines. And I, I said, Rick Cronje. She says, how do you spell his name? And I went, by the way, I'll tell you, I've been spelling his name with a K for years. He'll kill me. It's C-R-O-N-J-E. <laughs> e, yes. And she says to me, how do you pronounce it? And I said, Cronje. Wrong. Cronje. That's right, yes. So it's Rick Cronje. Yes. Today on Late Lunch, how long are you with me on the show? Uh, six years. I correct... The man's, it's Rick Cronier from now on. I'm going to get it right, I promise her. And last thing, Declan, one of my Wednesday night buddies was telling me, you know last time you were telling us about Villa... Villa Maria, yes. And to get the 2017 in the Pinot Grigio, which everybody ran out and bought and I couldn't get when I went to the shops. Thanks, Rick. Uh, Uh, Anyway, he went looking for it as well and couldn't get it. But he was in Australia recently and guess where he went? I was just passing. He didn't know to Villa Maria, and they yes. have a beautiful restaurant there. And he was at the vineyard and everything. And I said I'd just tell you that today as a little oh, follow-on, a little vignette Lynch. from your recommendations last time round. Yeah. Rick, we love you on late lunch. We'll see you in the new year. You will do, Jerry. Happy yes. Christmas! All okay. the best for 2020, and thanks for your wonderful contribution to this show for all the years you've been with us. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry, and to the listeners. The draw for the car in Scotch Hall happens this Sunday, the 22nd. Neve Kelly from Drogheda is the latest finalist. She's won a 100 euro for Scotch Hall, a gift, uh, Scotch Hall, a gift card there. And she's in the draw. There's just about time to get in. If, every time you spend 50 euro across 50 shops in Scotch Hall, you uh, can fill out an entry, drop it into the draw drum, and perhaps it will be you as the final finalist there in the draw. Big day, Sunday, 22nd. LMFM Radio will be there. And that comes... Thanks to Reynolds, Fiat, Scotch Hall and ourselves here at LMFM Radio. Christmas cuties, they're coming in by the new time. Somebody's going to pick up a €250 voucher for Shoe City. Castle Blaney, what a lovely prize. The cutest cutie will win it. Who have we today, Louise? We have Beth Dillon and she's five and she comes all the way from Ballinasloe in County Galway, Jerry. Really? From Mm. the far side of the country? Let's have a listen to Beth. Now we better go to sleep. 
sleep so he will come. Now we better go to sleep so he will come. Now we better go to sleep. Better go to sleep. Now we better go to sleep so he will come. Ah, oh, fantastic. Bet Dylan there with an adaptation. Yes, he's adapted a famous country song to the Christmas theme. I like it's that. Original it's original and different. It's really original. Very different indeed. We have another lovely cutie for you before we finish up at half past three on the show this afternoon. Still just have about time to get them in. Send us the videos of your children singing or reading a poem or a wee short story and we will use them. We'll uh, play them if we can at late lunch. We'll put them up on social media. That's part of the conditions. Just a little time left uh, to get them to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or you can send them to late lunch at lmfm.ie. Christmas time, the new year, documentary season on LMFM, and there's one coming up on the 31st of December, the final day of the year, about Lawrence Gilson, and we're going to hear about him next. Educating Old Castle, the Lawrence Gilson legacy is broadcasting here on LMFM Radio on the last day of the year, the 31st of December at 12 noon, and the woman who's put it all together joins me on the line. Sue Russell, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for taking our call. Give us a feel for who this fellow was. Well, now, a bit of an international man of mystery, really. But he was born in the Boolies, uh, just outside Old Castle, uh, sometime around 1740, uh, the eldest of four children. Um, educated somewhat. I mean, you're talking about 1740, so there wasn't an awful lot going on in the way of formal education back in the day. Hedge schools was really the run of it. But um, so anyway, he got some class of an education and his father was a tailor and a farmer. But Lawrence didn't take to the tailoring or the farming and went off to England, to London, we believe. So not a huge amount is known about him. For someone who had such an impact on Old Castle, he's, he's not terrible, you know, his whole background isn't very mm. well known. Um, but in any event, between being born, going off to England and dying in about 1810, he, he managed to uh, make a few bob, something like £25,000. Wow. Yeah, about two and a half million in today's money. Huge. So, whatever he did and whatever he whatever he learnt, he certainly made a few bob on it and uh, set up a legacy, set up an endowment to build a school in Old Castle, which is still standing. The building is still there in Old Castle, uh, a great big uh, Palladian type of building, very very beautiful um, building, one of those gems, an architectural gem, people would say, in the North Mead landscape. So, so yeah. So I mean, he was he was almost you could say like a kind of a Chuck Feeney or a Bill Gates of his day. Yes, I was like. just thinking of Feeney. Would you believe it in my mind as you were saying it? Because that was an enormous amount of money. Now, when he did pass away, the, the money was there, but who who should it go to? That was the problem at the time, wasn't it? Well, that that was the problem, and there was a bit of a row about the will. There's, you know, you know yourself. Where there's a will, there's a relative. Uh, so there was a bit of a row about leaving that kind of money to such, uh, you know, a charitable cause. And uh, some of his nieces did get a few bob out of it. But the bulk of the money was formed into a trust in the in the Bank of England, as it would have been at the time. And money was given by the uh, the, the nappers in uh, the time to, to uh, sorry, land was given. I beg your pardon, land was given to build the school on. And, uh, you know, a, a trust was formed and it was, you know, a charity was set up and, you know, it was all done properly. And But he had a very, what's what's curious about it, 
is that he had a very clear idea of what type of school it should be. So, again, we're talking about the 1810, 1820s. He wanted it to be a multi-denominational school. He wanted it to be for a co-educational and he wanted it to be free. So those were fairly radical ideas at the time in terms of education. And that's how it was set up and that's how it was run. And this Lancastrian system of teaching was also a part of the school and the ethos because that enabled, because teachers were thin on the ground, a teacher to teach an awful lot of children. And when you think about it, education came to people, the children of, of, of very ordinary people, which was tremendous. That's right. People came from far and wide. And you're right, the Lancastrian system allowed one teacher to, to if you like, educate slash control a very large amount of people, a large amount of pupils. And there were a lot, I mean, the population of Ireland at the time was what, you know, 8 million or so. Mm. We're talking pre-famine. So there was a lot of children to be educated and, you know, it wasn't accessible for all. But the legacy, the legacy comes down to this day. I was in my local chemist shop the other day and uh, a woman said to me, you know something, Mr. Gilson's legacy is still carrying on today. My kids have tennis lessons, courtesy of the Gilson legacy, because the trust has been very well managed over the 200 years, you know, and it's still able to fund, you know, various things uh, for the for the. Gilson National School as it is today. So it's, it's an amazing legacy. His money travels on. When you think about that, all these years later and people still benefiting from it. And obviously society and uh, the, the whole area there uh, around Old Castle has reaped the rewards that continue to trickle out. Oh, absolutely. People got an education that would never have had one. You know, uh, people who, who didn't have money to send their children to boarding school as would have been the only type of secondary education available. Uh, they went and got a secondary education and perhaps went on to university. People came, you know, walked, came on bicycles. I mean, it is, it is amazing uh, to think of such, a, such an education being available in what certainly at that time would have been, you know, a fairly rural um, environment. He's laid to rest in St Pancras uh, Churchyard in Camden. In Camden, that's right. He lived, you see, the majority of his life in England. Uh, he worked as a, as a, in a bank and he also possibly was a lecturer in a university in the Flanders, as it was then, um, but it's it's it, it, it struck me, you know, my my own personal interest in the building is because you can probably tell I'm not an Old Castle native, um, but my great grandfather was stationed in Old Castle in eighteen eighty, we'll say that sort of time. So his, I, I was curious to see whether his children were enrolled in the school at the time. So part of my quest was in making this documentary to try and find some trace of my own relations in the roll books, which are still existing in the school, uh, which again throw up great light insight into uh, life and times in North Mead, Cavan, West Mead in those times. And you're going to shine that brightly here on LMFM Radio on the 31st of December at 12 noon, educating Oldcastle, the Lawrence Gilson legacy. You've done a great job and uh, his legacy continues and you're helping in that as well and to highlight a man who died many moons ago but his greatness and his generosity and kindness travel on to this very day. Look forward to hearing about it and well done again Sue. 
Thank you, Jerry. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me. Take care of yourself. That's Sue Russell there. And it is a great season for documentaries and features here on LMFM Radio. Check them out and uh, do listen in. And they're really educational and enjoyable. I'm looking forward to hearing that one on the 31st midday. Another cutie just for you that's come into us in the last 24 hours. Louise, who have we? We have Claire McGrath and she is eight years of old, years of, years old and she's from Drummin. Drummin in County Loud. Drummin's Claire. It was on a starry night When the hills were bright Earth lay sleeping Sleeping calm and still Then in a cattle shed In a manger bed A boy was born King of all the world And all the angels sang for him Bluebells of heaven rang for him For a boy was born King of all the world And all the angels sang for him The bells of heaven rang for him For a boy was born King of all the world Soon then the shepherds came that way Where the baby lay And were kneeling Kneeling by his side And their hearts believed again For the peace of man Poor boy was born King of all the world Claire, you're gorgeous. What lovely singing. Hasn't she the sweetest little voice? Beautiful. And a song I've never heard before. Never. That's new on Mm -hmm. us. Well done to you. Congratulations. What's her second name again? Claire McGrath. Claire McGrath from Drummin in the heart of the heart of the wee county. Uh, bringing us a uh, Christmas cutie here on late lunch this afternoon. We'll have more for you tomorrow, I promise. And then we'll announce the winner on Monday on our final show of uh, the year. Looking forward to that. The puddings, they're all ready mm. to rock and roll. And you I have to do a little wait. bit of work this evening and tomorrow. And then our Women With Opinions, who are with us tomorrow on the show, will crown the champion for this year. The title, the best Christmas pudding in the Northeast. There's a wonderful hamper as well for the winner standing by and that will happen on late lunch tomorrow with Women With Opinions I'm also paying a visit to the Gary Kelly Centre tomorrow really looking forward to that bring it to you on the show and lots more besides thank you for joining us this day on late lunch have a lovely evening and we leave you in the company of the wonderful Beach Boys LMFM with your local mace going the extra smile this Christmas for a season filled with magic
comes this time each year. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.